This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. In this episode, we have Lexi Sito, Data Analytics at Data AI. Lexi, welcome back to the Business of Apps podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I love being here. It's one of my favorite podcasts, so really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Lexi. Thank you for coming. All right. Throughout the year, we host around 50 episodes to introduce you to an app marketing technique, to explain how app subscriptions work to dive into app monetization and strategy building, to share tips and tricks for app marketing on holidays, and much, much more. But at the beginning of the year, we get together with people from Data AI, formerly known as App Any, to give you a broad view perspective on the app industry and provide a recap of the previous year. Now, Data AI commissions a state of mobile annual report, which is about 100 pages. And this episode, we will cover with Lexi only the macro mobile trends you can find the link below to read the entire report yourself. But first, uh, before diving into the report findings, uh, tell me about what 2022 brought uh, for Data AI. Absolutely. I think you alluded to it, but the biggest um, thing to mention was our name change. We rebranded from App Annie. Uh, to data AI. So this is the first official, it's our 10th state of mobile report, and it's our first one in our new branding as data AI. Um, and outside of that, we had lots of really exciting reports and blogs and, uh, you know, some prediction pieces at the end of the year. Um, so I think that this was a really fun, fun year to write about and a lot of great analysis, but all under a brand new name. Great. Uh, and you can see the, the statics a little bit different when you get to your chance to see the report. You will see still great, still insightful, but visually it's definitely different. Um, now, we're recording this episode on February the 2nd, which is a Groundhog Day. If you're not familiar with the, what it's all about, I strongly encourage you to watch the movie with the same name. But Mobile apps-wise, how 2022 was different from 2021? How does it look at a glance? Yes, at a glance, the highest um, level, we saw record app downloads. So 255 billion new app downloads. So a lot of user acquisition happening, up 11% year on year. And when you compare that to last year, we had actually seen about 203 billion, and it was only up 5% growth. So much stronger growth um, for downloads. High level for consumer spend, we saw $167 billion flow through the app stores, and which is a huge amount, but it is a slight reduction from the year prior. So down 2% year on year. Um, I think we'll dive into it later, but a lot of mm -hmm. that is to a decrease in gaming spend. And comparatively, to 2021, um, we actually had seen $170 billion spent, and that was a up almost 20% year-on-year growth. So that's the biggest change, I think, is the consumer spend behavior shifting, mostly due to um, a bit of the impact on consumers' wallets from inflation and rising cost of living. 
So that's the big one. Um, time spent would be another one to mention that we had um, an extremely strong year for engagement and on the whole um, 4.1 trillion hours spent across mobile, which is up 9%. So very high demand, high usage, um, but consumer spend taking a little bit of a hit this year. Yeah, I guess this is a big, um, it's a reflection of what's going on with the economy. And um, last time I checked news, COVID is still here. Uh, it's not that severe. We're managing it more or less, but it's not like going away entirely and it still influences how we spend our time, how much we use, uh, like what apps are we using, how much time we spend on those apps. It's still um, in the one of the factors to influence the um, these huge numbers we've just heard. Now, uh, let's talk about the macro mobile trends you observed for the previous year. Starting with how much time people spent on mobile last year. Yes, this one's very interesting. So we had mentioned on the macro across all 4.1 trillion, 9% year on year. And then on the per user basis, that's where it's really interesting. So globally among the top 10 most mobile markets, we saw um, five hours per day spent on, on average per person per device, uh, which is above a third of your waking hours, if you assume that you're sleeping eight of those hours. So mobile you're is lucky. Super, mm -hmm. Yeah, if, <laughs> exactly. If you're lucky. I'm not sure I hit that every day, but I strive for it. So this is really strong indication of growth in the market. We saw 3% growth of that figure. Um, so this is really good to see because we're still seeing that deepening engagement across the board. Um, there are a lot of questions of you know, 2020 and 2021, where we had more lingering lockdown effects, if, mm -hmm. you know, this mobile induced activity would still remain or we'd see that growth. And I think what we're seeing here is our habits that we formed and were catalyzed during 2020s lockdowns carried on largely through 2021 and through 2022. So we're still seeing even higher per day engagement, which is pretty incredible to see. The app industry is vast. To navigate this space, you need a directory to look up suppliers and partners, and you need to know who are the best. Visit our marketplace directory at businessofapps.com slash marketplace slash podcast. And now back to the show. Okay, and uh, next up is the top mobile markets for the previous year. So downloads, consumer spend, time-wise. What do we see here? Yes. So for downloads, we see uh, the top three markets are China, India, and the US. Um, we saw for a lot of markets and the more mature mobile markets, so ones that were early adopters and sort of um, had a really strong device uptake early on in the mobile journey. Uh, we've seen some of those downloads begin to sort of year on year um, flatten out for growth. So for instance, mm -hmm. in the US, we're still seeing 12 billion new downloads, but it is flattening out or sometimes softening um, and a little bit of a decline, uh, which is expected. That's sort of that mobile maturation happening. Um, and that's a really great place to see as well. A lot of growth among countries in Latin America. So Brazil, um, Mexico being in the top 10 markets. We're also seeing uh, strong growth for um, Southeast Asia. So Vietnam and Indonesia showing up among the top 10 for downloads. Um, so very strong growth still happening. A lot of growth in the Middle East, Northern Africa as well. 
in terms of downloads. For consumer spend, we also see China as the biggest market inclusive of those third-party Android stores um, in the absence of Google Play in China. Mm -hmm. Number two is the US. Number three was Japan. And then what I think is really interesting is you see a lot of European markets showing up in the top 20. So they might be smaller in relativity for downloads, but they have, you know, kind of punch above their weight for consumer spend. And Canada and Australia rank number nine and 10, or excuse me, eight and nine rather. Um, whereas they tend to be smaller markets due to population size for downloads. Um, and one interesting sort of mover that we saw was Mexico broke into the top 20 markets for consumer spend for the first time. And actually, Mexico was one of the markets that saw growth in gaming, whereas most markets saw decline. So they saw growth in that consumer spend. Um, and then lastly, for hours, again, sort of mirrors downloads in terms of size. China, India, US were the top three markets. But we see a lot of uh, Latin America, uh, the Middle East, and Southeast Asia appearing uh, strongly throughout the top 20 mobile markets. Um, some of the fastest growers, we saw Pakistan time spent on the whole grew 20%. And actually in Ukraine, which ranked number 13, we saw time spent grew 45% year on year, which... Yeah. Mm -hmm. So ahead. yeah, if you're thinking about the extra markets to go with your app to, uh, here's the uh, really good uh, candidates uh, for you to consider. So yeah, uh, just factor factor in these markets and uh, think through your growth strategy in these regions. Now, switching to mobile advertising, let's talk about how much money was spent on mobile ads in 2022. Absolutely. So we saw $336 billion spent on mobile ads. This was up 14% year on year, but that growth rate softened a bit. Um, so as we saw budgets, marketing budgets start to kind of shrink this past year, um, we did see a little bit of a pullback, but mobile is still driving overall digital spend and digital is still driving the ad industry as a whole. So some of the big levers that are driving that growth are short videos. Um, so things like TikTok, ads in TikTok, mm -hmm. um, search is still very prominent. So we always have our device on hand and, and mobile browsers actually take up about 8% of our time on the mobile phones. Um, so that's still a very strong avenue for getting your search results right where people need them and want them. Um, and we also saw uh, brand marketing continue to grow. So not just app install or performance-based marketing, but looking at just branding campaigns on mobile. Um, even as early as 2019, we really started to see some traction there, even in the gaming space where brand ad campaigns being placed in games. So strong growth. We do expect that growth to sort of um, soften next year in, or this year rather in 2023, um, where we start to see a bit more impact on the targeting capabilities for ads from ATT and, and sort of crack down on fingerprinting as well as Google's privacy changes. Uh, but on the whole, as we saw with the time spent metrics and the daily time spent, this is where people are spending their time. And so those dollars are still following those eyes. Yeah, absolutely. This thing is just not possible to change with any introduction of uh, extra measures like um, part was what Google and um, uh, Apple did uh, last year and the year before. Uh, people are still spending their time on mobile and um, that's still the place where you um, get the chance to introduce your product, your brand to the your future customers. Okay, um, again, slicing app stores categories uh, 
by these three slices, downloads, consumer spend, and time spend. What picture do we see for, let's say, top three categories for each slice? Absolutely. So for downloads, we see um, video streaming apps. So OTT apps like Disney Plus being the number one category for downloads. Um, oh, excuse me, if that's for consumer spend for downloads, we saw um, that is still true for, for um, downloads, but Netflix was the number one downloaded app there. Uh, personalization and productivity are also the other two big categories um, for downloads. And collectively, we see that those downloads make up about 10% of the total market. So there's a very wide range of downloads. So it's much more um, longer tail there, lots of downloads across lots of sectors. For consumer spend, we see again, video streaming, OTT ranking number one, accounting for 16% of downloads, uh, followed by dating, and short video. So people are still spending money on their video content, tipping live streamers and their love lives. Um, and those that's that's pretty standard. We see the top six categories um, occupy half of all spend for consumer spend. So there's a bit more concentration of where our money is going. And for time spent, the top three categories actually occupy half of all of our time. Um, so number one is communication apps like WhatsApp or WeChat. Number two, short video apps like TikTok. And number three, video sharing apps, which would be like YouTube. So basically spending a lot of time communicating with folks and then streaming a lot of video. <laughs> yeah, like any anthropologist will <laughs> testify, this is what people do for the most part. They communicate and they do need uh, a chance to combat the uh, the um, stress they're, they're accumulating throughout the week. They're, they're using uh, video content whenever it's possible to distract themselves, uh, cheer them up, or reload their battery, so to speak, for the next day. Uh, so yeah, the, the numbers are right on, right on par with this uh, observation. So um, next, moving on to how much people spend on mobile games and apps, uh, how the picture was different last year comparing to the previous one. This is a great question. And this was a, a central thesis to a lot of what we saw in our report. So on the whole, we saw a reduction in gaming consumer spend of 5% year on year down to 110 billion. Um, on iOS, that was minus 4%. On Google Play, it was as high as minus 10. So we saw more impact happen on uh, Google Play. And then for non-gaming, we actually saw a slightly a different story. So these are the macro stats here where we saw non-gaming app spend grew 6% um, on the whole. For Google Play, this was up 27% year on year. So we actually saw dating, OTT file management like Google One, and then short videos be driving a lot of this. Um, short video apps alone on Google Play grew 122% in consumer spend. So that's driven by TikTok largely. And I think this boils down nicely. We, we In the report, we show disposable income versus game and non-game spend. And when you see disposable income in, for instance, the US and many other markets, when that has declined, our spending gaming mirrored that. We sort of pulled back when we had less dollars to spend. The opposite occurred for non-gaming, where as disposable income fell for Americans, for instance, um, spend in non-gaming actually grew. 
So that tells us that non-gaming spend is sort of taking over share of wallet. So maybe we're we're migrating our purchases from other platforms. Um, we're we're not compromising on that streaming, um, subscribing to streaming networks, um, and some of that entertainment based as well as um, dating being a prominent one too. We're not compromising on our love lives. <laughs> exactly. Nothing will stop me from watching Mandalorian and Disney Plus. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> will stop me from seeing other people and uh, yeah, wondering what data I can find in the next block or so. Okay, uh, switching the gears to growth, uh, following the same st style of slicing, what app categories were growing last year? Yes, this is really interesting. So um, within the download space, we saw a lot of um, more utilitarian sort of tools, antiviruses, apps, and uh, productivity tools, VPNs, and downloaders. That was big globally. Uh, we also saw OTT apps do well globally for downloads. So a lot of video streaming players, people want that content. Um, so that was another big area. For consumer spend, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but the same top categories of spend were the ones that saw a lot of the growth. So short video apps was number one, where we saw 80% growth in revenue um, year on year, which is phenomenal. Uh, video yep. streaming, number two. Number three, dating, and then we see video sharing and file management. File management would include things where you're subscribing to sync for storage capacity across your devices, for instance. Um, so basically video, dating, and some productivity um, are really driving that consumer spend. And for time spent, the big story here is very strong growth across the board in mostly social categories. So short videos, had the strongest growth for time spent. So that would include TikTok, followed by uh, media sharing networks, which would actually be things like Facebook. Um, and then we saw communication apps still perform very well for time spent. So more of your WhatsApp-based communication, um, more just texting focused, for instance. Yeah, file management apps is very interesting. That's a good indicator that people using more the combination of different devices, storing the same files on their phones, tablets, laptops, switching back and forth. And uh, they actually can do that. Like the capabilities of the devices are such that they can uh, juggle this um, information back and forth. And uh, they need more storage, they need better apps. And uh, yeah, so Google Drive, uh, Amazon lately is really pushing me to start using mm -hmm. their uh, photo storage capability. Uh, so yeah, that's a really interesting insight. Now, over the last few years, it's been said a lot about Gen Z. So looking back in 2022, what apps did this generation prefer last year? Yes. So this is a really interesting sector. We saw... Um, a lot of user-generated content uh, driving some of this area. So, for instance, video editing apps. Um, the average Gen Z person in the U.S., for instance, was nearly uh, 100 times, or excuse me, 100% <laughs> more likely to use a video editing app than other demographic bases. Um, so that's big. We see things like um, dating apps skewing more Gen Z. Uh, photo editing, discussion in forum apps, kind of like Reddit. Um, so those all sort of skew. We also see, very interestingly, um, stress reduction and meditation apps actually lean much more Gen Z 
about 25% more likely to be used by a younger person in the US, for instance. And um, short video apps, as you might imagine, so TikTok being one of them. Among their most used apps, we see Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, Netflix, and Spotify. So I think we all think that probably checks out from what we all see. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. Just to uh, pay attention when you're on the bus, what people are doing with their phones when they're in their 20s and uh, about that age, you'll see TikTok over the place, Instagram. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, now, what mobile apps are the most popular is very interesting to track. But to me, what people are searching on the app stores has a special appeal. It's about their intent, what's up on their mind. So what were the top three search queries in different countries last year? Yes, this is super fascinating. Um, we broke it down by multiple subgenres. So our um, we actually have App IQ. It's a product that was launched last year. I should have mentioned at the beginning, that was another big advancement. I think I've just been spoiled for being able to use it myself. I forgot to mention that. Um, it basically allows you to kind of segment the app market in a more meaningful way. So a great example is for lifestyle apps, the app store category itself, it would include things like Ring Doorbell and Pinterest and possibly Tinder and all of these apps that when you think about it, you don't you wouldn't necessarily compare Tinder to your doorbell app as a natural thing. So you right. gives you that genre breakdown um, where you can compare kind of apples to apples. So we did that with some of these search queries. So for instance, I'll give you um, for fast food restaurants. This one was quite interesting. Mm -hmm. We see um, McDonald's for most countries is appearing as one of the top searches. So number one in Brazil, number two in Canada, um, number one in Germany, number two and three and four and five in France, um, number one in the US. And a lot of this is variations on spelling as well. So in France, for instance, McDonald's is number two as the search term. And then McDonald's was be number three, which is an important <laughs> strategy to know, right? If you're, yeah. if this is your space, the misspelling is getting more searches than the correct spelling. Um, and then you have Mikdo and Macdo also appearing <laughs> um, to round up in France for, specifically. So that's a big one. Um, we also see Domino's pizza showing up for certain countries. Tim Hortons is the number one search term in Canada. Um, and then we see Starbucks being a big one that appears for number one in Mexico, number one in Turkey, number two in Thailand. Um, so this is a really interesting area. And then I'll give another, uh, another example about, let's say, dating apps. Um, and this one's super in interesting because Tinder does appear, but it's not always number one. Um, in the US and the UK, uh, the top searched apps are actually the same, or the top searched names. It'd go Tinder, Grindr, Hinge. Whereas, say, in Canada, the number one term associated with a dating app is friends. So there's actually an evolution of the dating space to be more friend finding and romantic. Um, mm. And we see live being the number two search term associated with dating apps in Canada, where it's, and then it's Tinder and Badu. So there's this element of connecting live and making friends as well as possibly dating live. Um, and then we see things like um, uh, Fruits being a prominent app in France, for instance, that appears. Um, and there's a lot of search terms that are branded or specific to the title of the, the app itself. 
Uh, but we also see things, just the word friends appearing in Turkey and in, in Thailand, for instance, as number three most prominent um, search term associated with dating apps. So there's definitely some evolution and you start to see um, some interesting words start appearing around match or love even in some instances or fun. <laughs> so right. all associated with that experience. Yeah, this is really um underscores my assumption that the keywords, the search queries is really fascinating source of information. The and the specific country culture shines through these keywords telling you um what should be your strategy when you go to that market and position your app, trying to connect your application with as many as many users as you would like to have. The these misspellings um um uh, slang words words that are not come to mind when you're just learning the, the language uh, you have to have you need to have this insight into a specific country to what language people are actually using when they're looking for the app like your app that's this is really fascinating stuff okay uh before i let you go just just as always where final question, which is how can people get in touch with you and get more information about what you do? Absolutely. I would say heading to data.ai slash insights, and that's where we've got all of our blogs and reports. Um, you can also sign up and make a free account at data.ai. And if you have questions for me, um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Lexi Cito, or, um, you know, I'm on Twitter, but I don't check that as much. So LinkedIn's probably the best one. Um, and I'd love to hear any questions or ideas that people have really love discussing this space and happy to do some digging and have some good conversations. Terrific. Again, a reminder that was just the trans, the, uh, the digest of the 100 pages report. Again, the link is in the description. So I strongly encourage you guys to check out the report in this entirety and get a really good uh, insight into the app industry and what was happening last year all right lexi thank you so much for coming on the show and spending time with us thank you thank you it's been a pleasure and that was lexi Sito, data An analytics at data ai to listen to more episodes subscribe to our podcast on itunes spotify stitcher google Podcasts. just search for business of apps and you will find us easily remember we release episodes on Mondays, so subscribe and you'll be able to get new episodes on your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we release them. And please don't forget to leave us a review or comment on iTunes. It is highly appreciated. And episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.